0: Sly, Fly, 2023, is a new Netflix original documentary on Sylvester Stallone that I enjoyed a lot. I enjoyed it a lot because I'm a big fan of Sylvester Stallone, who's been making movies since he burst onto the scene with his now iconic Rocky in 1976, a film which won the Academy Award for Best Picture that year. Rocky catapulted Stallone to instant stardom. And he never really looked back, becoming one of the leading action movie stars during the 1980s, an achievement he shared with Arnold Schwarzenegger throughout the decade. Interestingly enough, while I've always liked Stallone, I've enjoyed his work much, much more in recent years, starting with his Rocky Swan song, Rocky Balboa in 2006, which was a masterful movie. That was really about dealing with loss and moving on with life in the face of loss. Stallone's film choices and his writing during the past 20 years have been impressive. And he's had a lot to say in recent movies that resonates with audiences, especially regarding the aging process. Sly focuses mostly on Stallone's film career, which is why I enjoyed it so much. While it does cover some parts of his personal life, like his tumultuous relationship with his violent father who made life for Stallone and his brother difficult, the bulk of Sly tells the stories behind Stallone's making movies. Early on in his career, Stallone could not catch a break as he was always cast as a thug. While he finally got to show what he could do as an actor in the movie, The Lords of Flatbush in 1974, a film which introduced him to co-star Henry Winkler, it did not lead to more roles. So Stallone decided that to succeed in the business, It would be through writing. And so he got to writing screenplays and his big project was Rocky, which early on was problematic because the lead character just was not sympathetic. He was just a thug with a girlfriend, but then Stallone made Rocky a boxer. And the story became about a loser who just didn't want to be a loser anymore he just wanted respect, or in this case, to go the distance against the heavyweight champion. Even when Rocky became greenlighted, the producers wanted a major star in the lead role, someone like Robert Redford or Burt Reynolds. But Stallone refused to sell the rights unless he was able to star in the lead role and the rest is history. Almost. There was a slight hiccup first. Immediately after Rocky, Stallone tried to branch out and he made a couple of movies which were so unlike Rocky, they bombed at the box office. Fist 1978 and Paradise Alley 1978 both tanked and Stallone did not take it well. As he was very vocal against movie critics who panned the movies even threatening them with violence sly makes the point that right after rocky stallone got caught up in not really knowing who he was ads ahead of fist were calling stallone the next great american actor comparing him to al pacino and robert de niro and stallone was going for this feel but audiences were not having it. Stallone would return to his Rocky roots the following year with Rocky II 1979, a film he decided to direct due to creative differences with original Rocky director and Oscar winner, John G. Evelson. Stallone has never been afraid to take the reins of a project writer, director, actor, and it's one of his most impressive attributes. He knows how to make movies that reach audiences emotionally, which is one of the main reasons I've enjoyed his work so much. Anyway, when Rocky II became even an even bigger hit financially than Rocky, at this point, the rest was history. At this point, Stallone never looked back. 1982 was a pivotal year for Stallone. He made Rocky III another huge success, and he starred as Rambo in First Blood 1982, a film which launched another franchise for Stallone. He was now an action star who had not just one successful franchise, but two. During the 1980s, Stallone and Arnold Schwarzenegger became extremely competitive and would constantly try to outdo each other with whatever movie they were doing next. As Schwarzenegger says in Sly, it was about whose body was in better shape, who carried the biggest guns one handed, and so on. He also said that no matter how hard he tried, his films always trailed Stallone's at the box office, which is interesting because back in the 1980s, I much preferred the movies Arnold Schwarzenegger was making to the ones Sylvester Stallone was making. It was also during this time that Stallone made a bunch of bad movies, although none of them had much of an effect on his career. One of the worst, Stop, all my mom will shoot in 1992, Stallone made as a direct result of some good-natured meddling by Arnold Schwarzenegger. Schwarzenegger had read the script to this silly comedy, hated it, but decided to float out the idea that he loved it and really wanted to make it. When Stallone heard about this, he dove in to beat his competitor to the punch. And he made the movie a choice that still gives Schwarzenegger a good laugh today. Stallone's career continued through the 1990s and late in the decade, he attempted a change of pace role, which ended up being one of his best performances ever. It's one of my favorites in cop land, 1997, a film in which he played a quiet, slow, overweight sheriff whose town is overrun by crooked cops. And Stallone's character allows this to happen until later in the movie when he finally decides to take a stand. Copland featured a top cast, which included Harvey Keitel, Ray Liotta, and Robert Robert De Niro. It did not do well at the box office, which is a shame because it's a really good movie and Stallone is very good in it. Stallone provides a fun anecdote and sly about his scene in Copland with Robert De Niro, a scene he'd been looking forward to for a long time. But he felt De Niro was holding back. So according to Stallone, he improvised. And in a scene where his sheriff is trying to convince De Niro's internal affairs cop to help him, a request De Niro refuses since Stallone's sheriff had been called to him earlier, Stallone just doesn't stop talking and he keeps pushing and finally De Niro just loses it and blurts out, listen you deaf bleep, it's over. It's a great moment in the movie and if Stallone's anecdote is true, it's even funnier. In spite of the movies that did not do well, fans loved both Rocky and Rambo and Stallone knew he could always return to them. And he was successful when he did this because he was a writer first. And this is something I don't think Stallone gets enough credit for, how good a writer he really is. He knows how to write stories that audiences love. And so he returned to Rocky with Rocky Balboa, 2006, and he followed this up by returning to Rambo with Rambo in 2008. And if this wasn't enough, Stallone, launched yet another successful franchise the expendables 2010 an idea he conceived at a concert seeing a bunch of aging rock stars on stage together and so he thought action stars could do the same thing and so he assembled a group of action stars from the 1980s and 90s and made another successful movie and in doing so he was able to co-star with arnold schwarzenegger for the first time since then there have been three expendable sequels and stallone has also brought back both rocky and rambo to the big screen again during the past decade it was also interesting to learn how much of a beating stallone has taken during some of his movies he was injured badly in his fight scenes in rocky 4 1985 with Dolph lundgren and stallone said he took such a beating doing stunts for the first expendables movie that he still has not recovered from them. My favorite part of the Stallone story is twofold. On the one hand, his persistence is incredibly admirable, that he took a backseat to no one when making his movies, and he clearly knew what he was doing because he's made so many good movies. The other part is his wisdom. Stallone has a lot to say, especially about how we age through life. And he's said things during the last 20 years in his movies that supersede any of the things he did earlier in his career. For example, the scene with his son in Rocky Balboa, where Rocky tells his son that life will hit harder than any fighter, and it's not about getting hit, but about getting back up after you've been hit, is not only one of the best scenes in the franchise, but one of the better scenes in modern cinema. Life is cruel. You gotta get back up. You gotta keep marching on. Don't let life stop you. And in Sly, he says things like, quote, life is addition up until age 40, and after that, it's subtraction, end quote. Who knew that Sylvester Stallone was such a philosopher? Honestly, if you pay attention to his screenplays, especially in recent years, you would know that he is something of a philosopher. Sly was directed by Tom Zimmy and written by Aidan Sayer-Sari. It's a documentary that does a really nice job of showing who Sylvester Stallone, the filmmaker, really is, and it will give you a deeper appreciation for all the crowd-pleasing movies Stallone has made over the years. There's a reason his movies have been so popular. He knows how to tell the story, and he's been doing it successfully since 1976. I really enjoyed Sly, and I give it three stars out of four meaning that this movie is very good.